Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. It is my pleasure to introduce to you today, Miss Georgina Rose. Uh, Georgina, introduce yourself to the, hey. the good people. I am Georgina Rose. Um, I host a podcast called Postmodern Iconoclast. I'm a YouTuber. I'm all over social media. Um, I'm a perennialist, um, a polytheist, and I basically just talk about religion, esoterica, and culture. Awesome. Um, yeah, the reason why I asked you on is because um, I, myself, and with my tribe, were diving a little deeper into uh into mysticism and i saw that you are um a thelemite as well a yes. follower of crowley yes yeah, uh, a lot of that's... time in that in that sphere it's not it's not how i often like lead introduce myself at the at this point but it is something i've been Fair involved enough. for a long time um i think my, my general thoughts on thelema is the very good mysticism system i think that um i disagree with a little bit of what um, it advocates for at times, but I think the actual practical mysticism that it teaches is really good and applicable to a lot of different systems. I'm very mysticism oriented in my sort of worldview and practice. It's, it's a key part of what I do and what I talk about. I find it very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of how I got into like the polytheism, paganism stuff was through that kind of like spirituality, mysticism sort of path. And then I sort of came into uh, paganism, polytheism with time. Um, and yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Like usually what I see is that it's the, uh, the other way around. People get introduced to paganism first and then start seeing the, uh, the mystic side of, uh, of things. Um, but it's, that's quite controversial because Crowley was a very controversial, uh, controversial figure, um, yeah, that's a word for it. He was polarizing. <laughs> I feel like at the same time, though, if he wasn't so polarizing, people wouldn't be talking about him today. That's so that's in a much sense, true. I guess becoming infamous kind of helped his project in a in a funny way. But he he was he was a provocateur. That's probably a good word for it. Um, he said <laughs> a lot of just very incendiary stuff. Um, but when you look into what he actually wrote and what he actually like taught. Um, it's not as crazy as sort of he can sound when he was doing his kind of front facing stuff. I think of him as like sort of the original troll in a lot of ways. Like he was a, a bit of a troll and he, he had some fun with the media. But fundamentally, what he teaches is this very will oriented system of practical mysticism. That, that's really what it is when you get down to it. Yeah. Um, were you raised religious or is it something that um, that you have discovered yourself. Like I myself, my parents were uh, raised religious, but uh, always left me to find my own path, uh, which became Germanic paganism or North European paganism. Um, so what's like, what's your story? How did you get to, uh, to where you are now, where you are today? Yeah. So my family was like somewhat religious. I wouldn't say they're super religious. They weren't really, really intense about it. Um, but they were Episcopals, which is a type of Christianity. Um, it's, it's, it's the American version of Anglicanism, um, which is what it's called over in Europe. And um, they were like religious. Like we went to church, but they were never, you know, super, super intense about it. And I always kind of had questions, like as a child, like I would like ask the like youth <laughs> leaders, like 
all my yeah. annoying questions because there were things that I was just like, this doesn't quite make sense to me. Kind of like I always had questions and so it never really was something that clicked with me. Um, and then like I, I started exploring religion and funnily enough, my path into this stuff was kind of a little unconventional because I was actually doing like self-improvement stuff. Like I was, I was trying to do a bunch of self-improvement um, mm -hmm. and like, you know, looking into like self-help, self-betterment, like all that was stuff. Like, I guess now it'd be called like the wellness realm or whatever. And yeah. I was like, this is not enough. I was like, I'm seeing spiritual <laughs> threads in this. I'm seeing religious threads in this, but I, I can, I got this sense that a lot of that was like watered down something else. And I was like, no, I want to know what this actually is. And so I, I went like, I'm sure you guys have been to like the bookstores where they have that like self mind, body, spirit, like, yeah. The, the mindfulness books are pit put, but it always is like some weird euphemism title, like mind, body, spirit. And I started, you know, reading books and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. And then I started experimenting with it. I was really into like mysticism, occultism stuff originally. And I didn't, this is the thing I was like doing the ritual type stuff, but I didn't have like a real theological explanation for things. I was just like, this is working. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, there must be some theology to this, right? Like there must be some sort of, metaphysics and so then i started looking into like metaphysics and like understandings of the world and how this stuff works and i was like okay this is intriguing to me and i sort of fell down this rabbit hole and ended up where i am now um i've been involved with this stuff for god a while now um it's been what over six years or something like that i don't know it's, it's been it's been a hot minute and with time like my views have definitely changed my path has definitely changed but um, I'm, so, I'm sort of content where I am now, and I, I guess it's kind of we all get into it somehow. I feel like there's a number of ways people kind of enter this stuff, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's there's always something. And I, I am glad I've, I've come to this stuff. I find that there's a lot of truth to it, and it's bettered my life in a lot of ways. I kind of got that self-improvement that I was looking for, just not in the way I, I thought I would get it, you know? But that's, that's yeah. how things tend to go, I guess. Yeah, uh, true. Um, I, I see that a lot with, uh, you know, the kind of books that you're, uh, you're talking about. It is indeed very watered down and um, like too much focus, like it just in my opinion, too much focus on, you know, being love and light and all. And that's, uh, that's where I struggle with it a lot. Because, um, I mean, I've always had a more uh, or like a, a stronger, um, well, affinity too with uh, with the darker side. It's just it's more powerful, more interesting to me. So when everybody's you know, all you know, kumbaya and love and light and just focusing on spiritual growth through the light, and I just I can't get into it. And a lot is is watered down as well. Um, and especially now with, of course, the uh, the whole influencer culture people are just you know doing it for uh, for a quick buck and uh it's funny because you uh you mentioned that uh like the the whole path going down that i believe that's now sort of a trend on twitter to uh like how do you how do you get where you uh where you are now and you'll see interesting things like people going from religious to atheist then all of a sudden pagan it's so there's definitely a phenomenon of these people who kind of like ideology hop 
and like convert their beliefs really frequently, which I mean, that does happen sometimes. Like people have pretty strong shifts in what they think. Um, I've had it happen a few times. I feel like at least once in your life, you should have like a existential framework crash. But there are definitely <laughs> yeah. some people who it's like every week they are an entirely different religion. And, you know, I feel like part of that is people like the most of them, I think, have to be younger. Like, I think a lot of them are people just kind of confused or whatever, which I mean, it, it happens. But it, it is it is interesting to watch um, in terms of those books. Yeah, they, they are watered down and the love and light stuff. It's just it's unbalanced. It's not a realistic view of the world. And in a sense, it's kind of an anti-pagan view because if we're talking about like back to nature paganism within nature, there is like the flowers, but there's also like, you know, there's there's a, a feralness to nature. There's this kind of darker quality to it, right? It's, it's a lot more nuanced and complicated than I think it sometimes gets portrayed as. Um, and I think a lot of the popular pop paganism, whatever you want to call it, pushed by like the influencer. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's like its own religion at this point. It's almost like its own thing. I feel like I need to give yeah. them like, ism because it is like a clear ideology that they have, but it's not really what I mean, original paganism was. It's, it's um, simplified and love and lightified. And I mean, if you're going to try to make money off it, right? Like, you have to make it somewhat viable and mm -hmm. consumer friendly in a sense. And a lot of what paganism is, like if you read the actual myths, you read the sluggers, all that, it's not exactly that. Um, I think there's also a complication with the kind of neo-spiritual new age stuff and the pagan intersection. Because mm -hmm. I think there is, unfortunately, an intersection between the two. And so you get these concepts kind of blending into each other in a way that it's like people will be talking about paganism, but they're kind of not talking about paganism. They're talking about something else. But if you want to talk about that something else, you want to talk about new thought, you want to talk about theosophy, I mean, go do that. But that's not paganism. So I think there's some confusion there. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, paganism has become a really big tent term. It's become a really broad term. Like, I mean, someone calls it a pagan could mean like a bunch of different things. And it's, I mean, even within academia, I was talking with this religious academic who does a YouTube channel a while ago. And she was, I was asking her like, okay, so how do you guys actually define pagan? Because I've been trying to be like, okay, what is the definitive definition or whatever? She's like, well, we kind of debate that. Um, and so there's that level, I think, to it too, right? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly um, what you mean. Like there is this whole um group like i i like to call them uh tiktok vikings uh you know with the the shaved sides and you know uh calling them like with the, the last name lothbrok added or whatever and being all badass and tuvalhalla and i mean you know they're they're funny just because it's so it's so incredibly uh incredibly cringe uh but like, unfortunately those are the ones often setting the tone for um for paganism for i mean for heathenism um because i mean they are well pretty much the loudest and because they are so incredibly cringe um and take you know series like vikings they take it as you know as gospel almost um it's it's hard to um differentiate from uh from those and the um the whole new wave like the the you have like so many spiritual influencers who like through tiktok i mean there was this this one guy um like with 
eyes just very, very wide. His eye with eye whites like very, uh, very wide. Uh, you know, there's a reason you're here. Like the universe has led you to this exact moment, and this is, you know, what you're supposed to learn. And it's it's those cringe people that um, that give spirituality, that give paganism. Uh, I mean, not necessarily a bad name, but um, people tend to don't take it seriously because of those. Uh, because of those kind of people, because of those well, who a lot of them eventually become um, influencers, and I think that's a shame because there's so much to be uh, to be learned. Um, I mean, there is a pagan revival going on. I mean, still still small, but people are, you know, they are indeed um, questioning. They are questioning the the world, questioning what the hell is going on. Um, and a lot of churchgoers as well. And I mean, church, of course, doesn't like that because you're supposed to listen, not ask questions. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been following, like, basically trying to track the rise of paganism pretty intensely. I've been um, analyzing Google Trends. I've been analyzing, like, a bunch of religious demographic surveys. I have, like, a whole file of my computer, like, compiling it and, like, seeing where it's gone up and what's gone down and what parts of paganism are the ones that are growing and what are falling been tracking this really intensely for a couple of years now um and we are increasing um 100 the numbers are going up actually really fast um we're having really quick growth essentially is what's happening um and sort of it really it's been going on for the past decade in 2020 is when it really sped up um well late 2019 early 2020 um i noticed like that's where it started increasing. And that does correlate with some social media tags getting bigger because I've been tracking those as well because I'm insane. Um, and it definitely, this is the thing, these social media types definitely get at attention. But I've noticed the people who get in through these social media ones, they tend to peel off pretty quick. What happens is like they get into it when it spikes online because it goes like up and down and up and down, right? But it's on a, it's basically what the graphs look like is it's like up, down, but it's progressively moving up. Right. That's mm -hmm. kind of how the pagan demographics are going. Um, and there's certain times of the year when we see influxes of people, I've noticed. Um, and certain times are slower. It's it's on a very interesting cycle in terms of like hits and interest. Um, but yeah, it, it does. Those influx people bring people in, but a lot of them peel off, but some of them do stay. And I find that the ones that do stay, because um, I've been monitoring social media so religiously, um, mm -hmm. they tend to sort of move away from that and get more serious with time. Um, so that's at least a good thing. I find a lot of people who get into it for the aesthetic or for being like a masculine Viking man <laughs> archetype. Like, yeah, a lot of them do end up peeling off. I've also noticed some of them end up like converting to another religion too. Like, it, it's it's interesting, but we are on the upswing. I know a really interesting survey came out of Cornwall like earlier this week, um, where paganism is number three on their religious. Saw that, which is. That's that's crazy. I mean, we're behind. That means we're behind Islam, which is that's pretty good in terms of getting people in. Um, and what's interesting about those two being next to each other is Islam's numbers are rising, not because of converts, because of the birth rate. Like, that's why. Whereas yeah. with paganism, it's a convert rate. Like most people who get into paganism are converts, not born in. If you look at like the little bit of data we have on that. So mm -hmm. 
it means that we are actually pulling people in through genuine conversion and through people actually developing a real interest, which I think is good and optimistic. I, I hope the numbers keep going up with pagan interest. Yeah, um, big sign. And I, I think this is the thing. If you get into this stuff through those like kind of Viking cringe people and you get into it for long enough, you're eventually going to mature past it, I feel like. Um, for most people, of course, there are some who do not. But I feel like, you mm -hmm. know, once you know enough, once you're really in this, you're really living it, you're honoring all the holidays and all that. I feel like you kind of mature in your spirituality to some extent. Um, like I, I have I have more cringe for people who don't mature in their spirituality versus people who are new and are being cringe. You know what I mean? Like, it's I just mean, we, we've all been that cringy pagan, you know, sharing the uh, I'd rather be a wolf of Odin than, you know. <laughs> Uh, the best, I will say the best cringy, if you're going to do one of the cringe posts, it's the one about the, the hammer and the nail. <laughs> you see it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe, I believe what you, uh, I know, I know which one you mean. It's, uh, it's, yeah, um, I've, I've actually been talking with a, uh, with a good friend of mine, um, about that. He is a, uh, well, a diehard Christian. He's sometimes... Yeah late for uh for workout or late in the dojo because you know church service um yeah. runs late and uh what i have noticed what he has noticed is that um a lot of people aren't necessarily pagan as much as they are just anti-christ and calling themselves pagan and I think if anything, those are like the the cringe pagans. I can I can handle, but if you're calling yourself pagan purely because you have some sort of vendetta against Christianity or Catholicism, um, you're you're in the wrong. And uh, I actually wrote a Substack about this forever ago. Yeah. It's probably been like six months. I wrote this like rant on Substack about this phenomenon. I think it was like we need to move past anti-Christianity or whatever. Um, and this is the thing. I think there's a place for criticizing Christianity. I'm not a Christian for a reason. Um, I like the Nietzschean critique of Christianity. I think there's a lot of truth to that specific um, critique of Christianity. That's the one that I like the most. But beyond that, I mean, this is the thing. If you let anti-Christianity define your spirituality and define your paganism, this is the thing. Your paganism is just a reaction. And what, it, what happens is if your paganism is centered around not being Christian, you end up just taking all the positions that Christianity doesn't hold and fundamentally, you are still locked into this Christian worldview, right? Yeah. Like, if all your religious positions are, I am not what Christianity is. All your positions are just inverse Christianity, which, funnily enough, I've met people like this. I've met them in real life. I've met them online. I've interacted with some. They end up really believing a lot of the same thing as Christians. They just, like, take it in the opposite way. And fundamentally, I don't even think there's that big of a difference between them and Christians, right? I think, like... For me, my worldview does not come from my thoughts on Christianity. Um, I came to my worldview because I think it's true. Do I have thoughts on Christianity? Yeah, I don't hate Christians. I just, I have disagreements with many people I'm close to in my life are Christians. I don't, like a lot of my close friends in real life are Christians. And I think that's fine. Like they're great people. I enjoy spending time with them. But it's just, I dis this thing, I disagree with Christianity. I don't have like some hatred or animosity towards it because I, I don't know. It's just, it's, if it's not your religion, I don't know. I, I guess if you have some personal, really bad experience, I kind of get it. Like if something really awful happened, I mean, okay. Yeah, there are circumstances like that. But in, in general, it's just, I feel like we should move past it and not let our 
paganism be defined because of what Christianity is not, because that's where we get some of the things in paganism that I've been really vocal critics of. And that would be like one, one specific thing that I think is literally just an anti-Christianity idea is the idea that like virtue and morality, like, isn't a thing in paganism. You see this a lot in like the influencer crap. I'm serious. Like the really? would be like, yeah, they have like these really bizarre views on like karma, like car, like, I mean, they don't believe any idea like that exists. Like, they just like they don't believe in any concept of virtue and it's something i've been like hounding them on for like three months now and i've gotten into like many twitter slap fights over this and i'm like that's just anti-christianity a lot of the ideas that are even virtues within christianity were by people like plato who were pagan like yeah a lot of our cultural norms and values are actually if you look back they're from ancient greece and those people were pagan they were not christian um and so i think you get these really bizarre positions if you're an anti if you're just an anti-christian pagan that don't even align with what pagans actually thought because we know to some extent what pagans actually thought about the world i mean obviously mm -hmm. we have the amazing records that we wish we had but we can get a grasp of what they thought and it, it's not they don't listen they don't disagree with christianity on absolutely everything obviously they disagree theologically but like I don't know. The idea that they're just polar opposites is silly because I mean, a lot of like, and the thing is a lot of people I think even know that because they'll go after the like Christianity syncretizing pagan aspects and like point this out a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Sorry for, for ranting a little bit. I, I get no, no, you're, no, you're absolutely right. And um, I've been, I've uh, actually been talking about that a lot lately that. um like every religion takes things from other religions, you know, especially when they, you know, when they take over. Yeah, Christianity adopted a lot of things from paganism, but it just, it makes for easier conversion. And, um, you know, like all the, the Abrahamic religions, they are basically the same, just, you know, written down in a slightly different way, you know. And um, another thing that I wanted to ask, because I, I thought uh, it was interesting that you uh, that you mentioned that at uh, like the end of 2019, beginning 2020, we all know what happened like worldwide um, yeah. in that time. Would you say that the uh, like the the rise in uh, in paganism in spirituality is because as a like as humanity collectively we were just thrown into a um, a dark night of the soul and kind of forced to reevaluate things and look at the world around us, see what's going on. Cause those were brutal times. Oh, 100%. I actually, during the, that period, I spoke with a guy from the financial times about this. I got interviewed by them and I was like, no, this is, there's a direct correlation. Even historically, if you look at when religion's interest has surged, it's primarily been during hard times and I think that period was one that did, because no matter who you are, no matter what you think, that was a hard period. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone was kind of suffering then. I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of, a lot of bad stuff happened. Like it was, it was yeah. pretty terrible. Um, and I think a lot of people, they had, I mean, well, one, they had more free times. So they had more time to think about this stuff, right? Because of like mass layoffs and remote work or whatever. People had just had more time. I mean, you have more yeah. time, you know, try things out and experiment but it was also that internal dark night of the soul right like i think people find spirituality a lot of the time not always but a lot of the time when they're not doing so great right like if you're doing perfectly great in life all the time um unless you're like a nerd like 
probably both of us, right? You're probably not thinking about these huge, massive questions all the time. But if you're like a normie and you have something really terrible happen, you're going to have to think about this stuff and you're going to probably yeah. get more existential, right? And I think that it makes sense that paganism would surge when that happened. And I also think paganism specifically was the one that a lot of people were going to for a reason related to that time. And that would be that a lot of people couldn't go outside and be with nature in the way they wanted to. Right. Um, we were all really alienated. Like, I know everything was on zoom and you know what I mean? Like yeah. we were all like hyper forced to be on the internet essentially to like communicate with anyone essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess unless you do one of those like living pods, this thing in my city, so people who like all liked each other, like lived together mm. and like shared living with their friends or whatever. But like, if you weren't doing that, like you had to see all your friends on the computer and you know, it was, everyone was so pulled out of normalcy. God, it was, it was not fun. I did, I did rough time. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and people I think wanted to return to nature. I think that they hated, I think to some extent people just hated having to be online all the time. They wanted to go back to nature. And I think that's why paganism in particular appealed. Um, and so I think those, all those factors together was kind of a perfect storm um i mean other religions had surges of interest during this period as well it wasn't just paganism in general people became more religious which i think makes sense <laughs> but yeah definitely but i would say um and think... the stats if you look at paganism like even like google search stats the spikes are crazy like in that period like the spike was like really really high um the numbers the numbers are wild if you look at them i think it's interesting that um, you know, like Christianity, Catholicism, especially here in uh, in Europe, they still have a uh, a very big role to play. Um, but you also saw uh, like online a lot um, churches with um, with banners like "Jesus is not gonna save you from COVID, just get the vaccine" and all. And I think that put a lot of people off as well, and maybe started looking for. You know, for alternatives, for other things, and uh, you know, the thing with nature, like they do say, absence makes the the heart grow fonder. And um, like here in the Netherlands, it was um, we never really had a hard lockdown. Uh, you yeah. were still, you know, allowed to go outside, and like if anything, during that time, I was outside more than well in in years before or since actually um uh so i think it's it's really interesting you know you, you could say that nature calls and like call, calls you back and um i think because you are or were spending so much time on the internet you had time you had the opportunity to do a lot of uh, a lot of research and a lot of deeper research as well i mean like if you're online anyway and you like you feel the you feel the call you hear the call of course you're gonna go uh, gonna go looking for things and yeah dark times a lot of people will indeed go to uh, go to religion to help them like get out the dark or at least find some sort of light and um like it was a wake-up call for a lot of people and um do, do you think that um how do i put this that it had the opposite effect of what uh what was trying to you know be achieved they were 
locking us in, locking us up. But um, like in the end, we kind of freed ourselves, freed our minds. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. I can say that kind of happened. I think that's an optimistic way to look at it. Um, I think it's a good way to frame it. I mean, I live in an urban center in the United States. I'm in a very urban area. So my lockdown, our lockdown was really intense. Um, it was, it was, is it, it was a major one. Um, mm. And it was pretty, pretty prolonged. Um, and this is the thing, like, I think there was that, right? I think a lot of people did i mean it was it was a hard time i think a lot of people did find growth out of it at the very least that's it's i guess the nice spin we can put on it right like in a way i think people finding paganism is kind of a freeing of their mind in a number of ways i think that it's a practice and tradition that it is kind of contrary to a lot of what is commonly held as beliefs now and i think that paganism challenges a lot of those conceptions and beliefs in a way that is really useful and helpful and in a sense truthful yeah and still there are a lot of people too i mean i don't know if they are like just on the internet or like they act that way in real life too who still you know push for the for the jab and push for you know the the whole mask thing and whatever and if anything started indeed seeing science or religion of no uh, science as their religion and like the government as god like do you think those uh those people like just do you think there's still hope for them or is it like do you see like a real like the, um, the schism like only becoming bigger between them the people who have woken up who are questioning things and the people who you know keep pushing the same stuff that has been pushed for numerous years now yeah no matter your views on what religion or politics or whatever i mean everyone in a sense kind of has a religion in a way like even if you are secular i I believe that a lot of secular ideologies are fundamentally religions in a sense and people develop the same kind of zealotry that you would for religion for whatever secular ideology you're in. You, you can see it on many sides of ideological aisles, right? Like, if you don't have a god or something like that, something else is going to replace that. Because fundamentally, we are tribal people and we want some sort of explanation for life, right? Everyone yeah. wants a meaning and a purpose and a will. E- every person. And I think people who are not into paganism, not into Christianity, not in any of that, they find it in something else. And I think there are some, like even Christians and stuff, who their religion is not really Christianity, it's some secular ideology, right? I think that people need a framework to understand the world, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone needs, because of the way our brains work, I think we want to box things and have explanations and 
like tie ribbons and things, right? Yeah. And I think the world, a lot of people, they need something for that. And so they find something. Like, I think that they always find an ideology that is their theology, whether that's a religion or a politics or a certain like political party or a government or there are a lot of ways it can go down. I mean, it's, I think that paganism is a much more positive framework to live in than, I don't know, any of these many ones. And I think they all produce, I mean, people need reasons for things. They need explanations, right? It's, it's, it's very difficult to be a person and feel as if you don't understand the world. I think that that creates a lot of really big internal pain for people. And so they're going to latch on to something, right? I think that maybe they'll change their views. Maybe they won't. I mean, who who knows, right? People change all the time. People's views change, I mean, all the time. But people need something. I, I really think they do. And I think that a lot of these secular ideologies have stepped in the place that religion held. Um, and I think that might be the future if, I mean, atheism really does take hold in the way that many people theorize it will. Um some other ideology will take its spot. People need a reason for things. They, they just do, right? Yeah. No, that's that's very much true. And um, it's, you know, it's it's clear for, for, um, for all to see. And, um, but like in the, uh, like at least in the Roman times, you had, uh, you know, people like Julius Caesar, who eventually, you know, like he was a politician, but, um, you know, became Caesar, became the emperor and eventually um, rose up to, well, godhood. And, you know, maybe there are some remnants of that left because people are still uh, like, at least from, you know, from the outside looking into America, there are people are still very much clinging to um, to politicians. I actually had a uh, like a talk about that just last night or well this morning te technically because it was like 5 a.m for me um that people like they need a a hero they really want someone to uh to come and save them and yeah. that that is still very much a uh, a remnant of christianity of the abrahamic religions and I mean, in paganism, yeah, we look up to our gods and, you know, we try to please our gods, but we don't look at them to to save us. Um, so do, do you think that, you know, since history does repeat itself, is there going to be another Julius Caesar? Is there going to be another... Alexander the Great, who just, well, quite literally takes up the sword or, you know, puts on the, the laurel crown and actually does help us? Or are we just left to save ourselves? Um, I think in a sense, I mean, on an individual level, you have to have the will to save yourself. I think you need to have will. You need to have, you need to not feel reliant, I feel like is a good word for it. Will someone come in and save society? I mean, possibly. I think there's a weird void of power right now in a lot of ways. Like, I think that, I mean, I'm in America, right? We're in a very weird transitionary period, I would say. Like, a lot of America is declining, in a sense. I think that's, like, we are really in a, in a state of, like, geopolitical decline. We're having inflation, all this, all this stuff. 
And so I think if there was someone who wanted to take on a sword or a loyal and step in, this would be a great time for them to do it. Because, I mean, we are we do get really culty around specific politicians here in a way that I don't think is productive. I feel like um, politicians, we should be critical of them and not assume they have our best interest at heart because a lot of the times they do not. Um, that much is but, obvious. Yeah. yeah. But maybe maybe someone will. I mean, I, I don't entirely know. I think that we should, in, as individuals, always you know remember that what matters most is our gods and our will and saving ourselves in a sense. But I don't know, maybe someone will step in. If someone is going to step in and fix society, I mean, I, I that would be nice. <laughs> I, I'll yeah. say if someone, if someone is able to do it. Don't know how optimistic I am, but I'm not fully in the black pill side either. Okay, well, good. That's at least someone who isn't fully black pilled yet. Because uh, from like from what I'm, I'm seeing, um, we're heading for another great reset and you know the it's it's already been uh been kicked off and there are people standing up to you know to be a savior like even here in the netherlands we have um well politicians funny enough um but they're all yeah how do i put it like they they per they present themselves to be uh, to be a savior, and you know, in America, you know, like people still talk about him worldwide. Basically, Trump did a really good job of setting himself up to be the um, to be the hero with the whole you know QAnon stuff. Um, like, how how much faith would you uh, like? Do do you have in that? Do do you think that? Um, like, are they all bad or are there, you know, are there some good people here and there or is it just, you know, one basket of rotten apples? Well, this is the thing. I think when we talk about people who want to be politicians, we're talking about people who want power. And fundamentally, if you are someone who believes that you can be a politician who saves the world through power and stuff, there's a little bit of narcissism that's implicit in taking on that goal in life. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you are someone who wants that amount of power, because when you're a politician, you have a lot of power. There, there's a bit of narcissism and Machiavellianism that's going to come in with that. Like, even if you are the best person ever or the worst person ever, like to be like, I have the ability to fix society. I have the ability to lead a country. I mean, there's a level of kind of dark triad traits you're going to implicitly hold to mm -hmm. have, you know, the, the guts to do that. Same with like most really successful people as well. Right. Like all that stuff is kind of linked um, I think there are people who do get into politics and stuff with good intentions. So, like, I do think there are people who really do want to fix things, right? I think that a lot of people do. I don't think many people either are just fully, like, pure evil, right? I think most people are complicated, right? I think even the people who are just, like, kind of bought out corrupt politicians, I mean, they still probably have some genuine convictions, you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know, it's complicated. Um, politics is tricky, and fixing, yeah. fixing the world is a monumental task. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, like I know in the in the states, there's very much a, or it should be at least very much a separation between um, church and state. But as we're uh, as we're seeing, religion or spirituality um, is, you know, is very beneficial for a lot of uh, a lot of people and. Um, I'm actually finishing up um, with pagan imperialism from Julius Evola. 
and he makes some interesting points that uh, basically they shouldn't be separated and we should go back to uh, like traditionalism and I just wonder would, would it have all gone wrong with the uh, the separation of church and state I mean there there are still like the expectation that as a you know as a politician or as a um, you know someone higher up in the government that you're a good Christian so the separation really isn't there but yet it is there there's kind of a separation there's kind of not um it's somewhere in the middle Uh, i think church of state coming together if we're going to do that it depends on what religion (laughs) my answer is it depends on what religion we're refusing the state with right like there are certain religions i'd be okay with that there are certain ones where i would run for the hills so (laughs) it's really a like what religion are you wanting to fuse church and state with right because some i think could work i mean one day maybe we'll get the the dream pagan state again who knows probably probably not i i wish i will wishfully think about it but (laughs) i mean it's i don't know uh depends depends on who's in charge because like there's certain denominations of christianity that i really rather not like people who like yell in tongues and play with snakes maybe maybe we shouldn't give them you know governmental power (laughs) the Um, deep the deep south christians uh, yeah maybe not yeah. but there's certain things where i think it could be beneficial just i don't know it's complicated and i think in the u.s we sort of have separation but kind of not it's like this, this it's a very weird we're in a very the u.s religious situation is a very complicated and strange one yeah because what i've been hearing a lot from paganism is that um like it's not meant to be a um like a religion in the way that Christianity is like, or, or Catholicism, we're never going to get like one third of the, you know, the worldwide population to be pagan. It's always been more of a, um, of a religion of the the people in the country, you know, the, the Paganas, the people of the heath, of the hearth. Um, and when Christianity came into, uh, you know, into the Western world, came into pagan Europe, they settled into the big cities, uh, first, of course, because that's where all the uh, all the power is located. So, would a pagan government would that be an option? Would it be plausible, or are we gonna, you know, just because I I personally I'm more of a um, more of an anarchist. Like I don't believe in any like I mean I may change my mind with that, but but at the moment I just don't believe in any ruling class whatsoever um i believe very much in um in tribalism and just people helping each other because that was europe that was germania before um before the rise of christianity and that worked perfectly fine i mean yeah of course you know war uh like inter-tribal warfare i mean we're still seeing that it's just now nation against nation not tribe against tribe yeah, I mean, maybe. I think things would have to change for us to get a pagan government because we need a lot more pagans. That that would be step one. We need a lot more people. Um, and then we'd need a cultural shift to some extent. Um, but if it could happen, that would be very cool. I think it would be not in the near future, but maybe in the distant future. I mean, who, who knows? But it would be cool. I'm not entirely sure how it would look. Um, I think it would look very different than what our current structure is, though. Because it could go yeah. a number of ways. The cards could fall a number of ways, but... Who knows? I mean, perhaps 
I'll give that a perhaps. Because <laughs> a lot of people are so uh, focused on going back to the uh, to the old times, you know, going back to the the old ways, and I mean that's that's great, you know, the old ways they obviously worked, but the the thing is, and I've been you know trying to find a way in that as well, you know, it's not. Like we're not in the old days anymore. I mean, if it were the old days, this would have never been possible. So, how do we um, how do we adapt paganism? How do we adapt ourselves as pagans to the modern world? Like the looking back is all fine and and dandy, but we are supposed to be looking forward. How how do you um, how do you do that? How how are you a modern pagan? If yeah, this is the thing about the idea of turning back the clock, right? I think a lot of people are romantic says that you have just like turning it backwards. But the thing is, if we turn it backwards and do exactly what was done, we will end up in the current state. It ends up here. Like that is how the, the arc of history went. And so if we want the world that we desire, what we need to do is take some of this tradition, take the parts that worked and the parts that like were effective and make sense and fuse it with the parts of today that make sense and cut the flack on both sides and create sort of this merged like master system. That would be ideal because this is the thing we can return to tradition, but still keep like applying. You know what I mean? Like, I think that also like, if we just turn the clock back, the same thing will happen. Like if you do the exact same thing, you're going to get the exact same result. And so we need a kind of third path that I would say that's what would work. We take the old ways, we take what works and we make it into sort of a Neo situation. Um, it's a, it's like a fusion I think would make the most sense. Um, Cause there are things about modernity that do not work and are need to be expunged, but there are things about the past that we're not perfect either. I feel like to have complete rosy glasses is not always the most practical. <laughs> Once again, we don't want the same arc of history to happen again. We no. want, a new arc so we need to change things right um and that's why I, I don't like framing things as just like turning the clock back because i think that's an overly simplistic way of viewing things and realistically it probably wouldn't happen exactly how we'd have to i mean i'm sure it could be done we could literally just like i don't know get rid of electricity and go back exactly how it was but i think in reality it would probably not fall that way and we probably don't even really want it to fall that way we'll say we do but i don't know if people actually want that no, I I honestly think that if um you know modern man would go back to the you know to the dark ages the the times without electricity and central heating and whatever like you know like you said we're all saying that oh you know we want to go back to those times but we have become so complacent with these things you know central heating it's nice electricity it's nice it's easy so to say you you want to go back sure i get it but that's it's not gonna work i mean you have the people who will you know go on a like do those kind of things but like only for a week and then when they come back it's you know it's like okay yeah like that that week was awesome like back in nature and i feel refreshed and all but at the same time i am kind of happy to you know have central heating again and like a normal roof over my head and yeah so like that's that is indeed not the solution and uh, the reason why i ask this is because this is still a very big question in um like in paganism in pagan culture 
because like all we really have is to um to look back at what our uh, what our ancestors did and uh like of course the first thing you're going to do is try and emulate that but there are so many things that work against it like we can't do like human sacrifices anymore and uh, it's you know yeah maybe we things... don't want to bring that back there are a few things i'm like we can kind of just leave that yeah no exactly exactly and um like you know like i said i do believe in uh in tribalism and i think that's uh what a lot of um people who are new into paganism what they are looking for they are looking for those uh, those groups they are looking for tri for tribes they are looking for for their people um so to speak and it's still um i was talking about that yesterday there are still a lot of solo practitioners but that is because there are just too little uh too little good groups too little you know decent tribes and i think that's Maybe that is why a lot of people um, just, you know, they'll they'll take on paganism for a while. They start looking, they start doing research, but all they find are, you know, those TikTok Vikings and those spiritual love and light people who, you know, just do that to, I don't know, sell you supplements or yeah. whatever. I wish I could get a little deeper into solitary practitioner stuff. It's, it's after two, so I kind of have to go. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people finding a group is incredibly difficult. Um, and finding a group that you actually like, agree with, and align with is even harder. I think that communities and organizations, that gets really complicated really fast. And I think a lot of people are solitary for a number of reasons. Um, and I think that group is probably not going to go away anytime soon. But I got to no. get going. I'm so sorry. Thank you for having yeah, me. No. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you want to plug your stuff real quick? Yeah, I'm Georgina Rose. I go by Dot Darling on the internet. I'm on every platform I'm on YouTube, Twitter, um, TikTok, Telegram, Instagram, all places. I host a podcast, The Postmodern Iconoclast, that is also on YouTube and that is on uh, every streaming podcast platform but Apple Podcasts. I'm not on Apple, I'm everywhere else though. Um, <laughs> and thank you for having me on. This was really fun. Yeah, it uh, it was. Thank you for, uh, for coming on and. Um hope to uh, to talk to you again we should definitely do this again when you have uh, a little more time and i don't have the the time zones mixed up oh no worries no worries just shoot me a message and we'll make it happen yes will do will do thank you very much this was the Greyhorn pagans podcast with mr gina rose thank you all for listening thank you all for watching and until next time